Yo, welcome back, everybody. It's week six, cashing points. And uh, man, it's good to have the whole crew back. I mean, Wes was phenomenal last two weeks, but we got the whole crew back. John Proctor is back. And uh, Proctor, I mean, it's up to you, man. I mean, if you want to tell the whole family what, what happened here uh, and your kind of fun life shit that happened, uh, you got the floor uh, right here. So last two weeks you've been out. Big life event yeah. happened. Yeah, was I, was, I was traveling, got married, went just uh, eloped, didn't do the, the, you know, the big marriage thing, kept it, kept it plus EV in life. And uh, now I'm back to reality. So yeah, good to get back to it, man. Yeah. Well, huge, huge congrats again. Uh, it was cool hanging. Uh, we got to hang on Thursday or Friday night, night before you guys left. By the way, how was the airport? Did you guys have any like issues with the, we, with the shutdowns and everything? We did not. We had just missed it. Um, nice. a, a Raven, though, had to, he was at a wedding, I guess, that same weekend in Florida and had to take like a 15 hour train home or whatever. Ooh. So we, had, yeah, we like just dodged it by like two days. You nice. You got lucky, man. Um, yeah. Well, you miss Colorado at all? You guys miss the cold weather. It's it, it got down to like thirty-five last night. Yeah, I mean Colorado is awesome, but I will say that the I think I think Denver is a little overrated. Um, people want to hype up Denver, but uh, it's it's pretty similar to every other uh, big city. But like, if you want to go to Colorado, go like to the places that other cities don't have. You know, go like. To the outskirts of Colorado. That's where it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. You want to live up in the mountains. Ultimately, that's where we want to move to is like up in the mountains, but it's just insanely expensive. Yeah. Oh yeah. But that's ultimately what we want to do. Yeah. Cold, uh, cold weather. I, I can't relate. It's 90 degrees right now. It's amazing in Houston. I did a road trip through rural Colorado maybe like three months ago. And it was awesome. It was just like so insanely beautiful. Like everywhere I was, I like pissed in the middle of a creek that was just like picturesque and well, interestingly that's also of, what people do in denver is they just piss everywhere <laughs> is that right yeah denver's denver's got a really bad homeless problem downtown yeah. right now it's, it's bad Ho- hopefully jerry judy's gonna do that just gonna piss all over everyone <laughs> once he gets back <laughs> <laughs> it's coming soon dude it's coming soon yeah uh yeah denver's downtown man i, I visited here a couple times like couple years ago and uh it was not nearly this bad it's just pandemic everything's kind of just ruined a lot of major downtown cities for all those different reasons but uh on a more happy note let's talk through this week six slate uh we have a shit ton of injuries there is a lot that uh man we just don't really know about um off the top and let's get started with chargers ravens um kind of huge news here mike williams has not practiced all week didn't practice again today uh, it's not looking great. Uh, Sammy Watkins on the Ravens side. Sammy Watkins is out. They're going to get Rashad Bateman back, though, so we'll see Bateman probably play in like 30 to 35% of the snaps. But I think Watkins missing and Bateman making his appearance just kind of helps uh, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews' already solid volume. I mean, we saw a super condensed target tree last week when, when Watkins went out. And I think we're going to see something pretty similar, um, especially if the Chargers get ahead in this game. I know the Ravens are favored, but I, I, I'm I on the Chargers side. I kind of can't figure out why the Ravens are, are favored here. Chargers are uh, red hot. Um, guys, I, I really don't think 
we will be able to like discuss this game too much just with Mike Williams out, uh, most likely missing. But I mean, obviously, if he does miss, you know, it just boosts Keenan and Eckler. Uh, a lot more charges are super condensed, uh, just like the Ravens should be this week too. And if Williams misses, it's you know smash for Keenan and, and huge for Eckler too. Yeah. So I, I go ahead, Johnny. No, I was just gonna say that like the beat reporters seem positive on Mike Williams, but I really don't know. Yeah, I have no idea, man. I have no idea. This kind of popped up out of nowhere. Uh, so yeah. I think regardless of Mike Williams' status, I, I think Keenan Allen is one of the the best plays on the slate. I think he's going to get lower ownership. Uh, he's just a massive XFP value. Like he ranks fourth in XFP per game, 21st in fantasy points per game. So major regression candidate. He's had 62 receiving yards called back due to penalty. Um, and then it's just like an ideal matchup. Even if Mike Williams plays, it's, it's a, a perfect slot funnel defense. Uh, the Ravens, you know, they, they used to be shut down against uh, slot wide receivers, Marlon Humphrey, whatever. But this year they're giving up the sixth most to slot wide receivers, the fourth fewest fantasy points per game to outside wide receivers. Uh, Jared Cook is popping as a slight tight end value, but but there's some other guys who are well above him, in my opinion. Uh, Austin yeah. Eckler, I think, is is interesting just because like I'd have him as the highest projected running back on the slate, assuming McCaffrey misses, but he's, you know, quite a bit cheaper than the typical RB one. And then there's a lot to talk about on, on the Raven side as well. Yeah. Also, Justin Herbert, I, I want to get your guys thoughts there. Right? Cause he's, he's, I ran a bunch of my models and in some he's popping and others he's, he, you know, not high at all. Yeah. Um, Justin, I think Justin Herbert is interesting in the sense that I think this game goes a little less owned than the Washington chiefs game. But then again, if uh, Tyreek and Terry McLaurin miss, then I think this game ends up higher owned, which is sort of just kind of how we're going back and forth this week. Um, Herbert, I, I played a good bit of Herbert last week um, because nobody was really on him. Um, this week, I think Herbert, will be somewhat popular, but he will be way less popular than Lamar. I mean, Lamar is going to be the highest owned quarterback we've seen all season. Um, I think it's, I think he could push for like 25 plus percent ownership on DraftKings and in most fields. Um, I mean, that's, that's hard to stomach. So, so that was going to be my, my next question moving on to Baltimore side is, um, he's just the number one cash play on both sites. Right. Okay. Uh, and then the receivers I think are all interesting just because this happens so often where some guys go absolutely nuclear on Monday night, but pricing is already released. So there are immense values. I think Mark Andrews, then you can make a case for Ricky seals Jones, but otherwise it's like the clear must play tight end, especially on FanDuel. Uh, Hollywood Brown, I can't hype him up just because every time I hype him up, he falls back <laughs> down to earth. But he ranks sixth in fantasy points per game. I think he's like the wide receiver 15 by price. So clear value there. The one concern is Los Angeles is uh, terrific against the deep ball. That's Derwin James. Uh, he ranks second best in yards uh, per game allowed on deep targets to wide receivers. Uh, and then I think Rashad Bateman's legitimately intriguing. He's minimum price. Uh, Sammy Watkins is out when he was healthy. He saw at least seven targets in every single game. He was averaging like 66 receiving yards per game. He's minimum price on DraftKings. So volleying it back to you guys, 
yeah. Andrews must play question mark. Uh, <clears throat> Hollywood, a top five value question mark. Uh, and is uh, Rashad Bateman better than, uh, let's say, Amon Ra St. Brown or some of the other very cheap wide receiver punts? Amon Ra is just unplayable, but we'll get to there. Um, yeah. The, the, um, my big thing with this game. So like when the chargers play the chiefs, they were basically were like, okay, like the chiefs, like CEH is like garbage. So like, we'll just like let him run on us. And the Ravens running backs are like way more garbage. So my only concern with this game on the Ravens side is the chargers are, they are totally down with just like letting teams run the ball on them. Um, they have their, I think they're like top three against wide receiver ones. I think Grant Staley will obviously his number one goal will not, you know, to be not allowing Hollywood to just dunk on them on the, on the back end. Um, I, I don't know. This is a weird game because I just like, I hate playing Baltimore at like elevated ownership because they're such a streaky team with Lamar. Yeah. The, the, so the point you brought up with the running game, I mean, Lamar just threw for four touchdowns and 444 passing yards and, you know, he can run too. So maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah. The, the one thing that I'm really excited about is this Ravens defense sucks right now. I mean, they, they played in a super deep zone last week against the Colts and just gave up everything. Uh, Chargers could come out and just steamroll them. And that would obviously be huge for, for Lamar's volume. And this is a great spot for Andrews, man. I mean, the Chargers, like Scott, you mentioned it, you know, they're playing super deep zone. They're just not allowing anybody to get beat deep. And they're really good against the deep ball. I mean, their efficiency, I think they've had like four deep ball completions on them all year, but it's also made their tight end defense kind of trash. They're giving up the most fantasy points per target and second most yards per game to the tight end. So yeah, Andrews is going to be chalk, but he's a phenomenal play. Yeah, it's it's like a perfect tight end funnel matchup. They're giving up 35% of the receiving production to tight ends that ranks first. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean it yeah. just just play him, right? I I mean he's 5,200 on DK, man. Kelsey's I mean, he's a he's a must play on FanDuel just because like you could always afford yeah. the the higher price. <clears throat> but uh yeah, dra- it's just like can what, what build a Ricky Seals Jones team and build an Andrews team and whichever one you like more. But I mean, I'd probably lean more towards the Andrews team. Yeah. Yeah. I just think we have to be really cognizant of, of the ownership that we're getting on this. Um, I mean, you know, we had talked about early season, um, like the whole Dak, Dak stacks in that chargers game. Um, I think, I mean, Lamar and, and Mark Andrews are going to be like a 50% combined ownership in, in you know, mid to large, I, you know, probably not quite that high in the Millie maker, but they're going to be up there. Um, so I, I, a QB tight end combo at like 40% ownership is, is probably a, probably a pretty horrible tournament play, but projections wise, I mean, they're, they're great plays. You know, that's what makes it so I mean- hard. I mean, how many times has the highest owned tight end flopped over the past, you know, 20 slates? It's like, it's yeah. like 70%. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. say, I mean, it's just so variable, man. I mean, we've even, we've seen Kelsey's ceiling lower. We've seen Waller knock it right. It's just this so, is Mark I, Andrews. He's super streaky. He's yeah. always been right. super streaky. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess you hit the nail on the head, Proctor. Really, the, this game just comes down to how highly owned Lamar and, and Andrews are going to be. How do you gain the leverage off of that? I think uh, Jared Cook is leverage in this game uh, off of Mark Andrews or Donald Parham if Mike Williams misses. I bet If Mike Williams misses, I would assume that, that Parham snaps go up a, a good bit. Um, and he's probably like, I mean, he's, you know, no one is going to play Donald Parham. Um, or, I mean, the, the leverage is to just play heavier chargers. I mean, the chargers are going to be less owned than the Ravens just because there's less, there would be huge chargers recency bias from how they crushed on the last slate. If the Ravens didn't play on an Island game, like right after that. So you're getting, you're getting the, like the chargers who got right at lower ownership than they should be at. So I don't know though. Because and Eckler, you have any you have any thoughts on Eckler? I've been playing Eckler every week, man. He's like, like nobody wants to play the dude. He's like what running back two on the season. Yeah, yeah he's no uh, Henry this week. No the team problem team is there's so many amazing running back values this week. Yep. Yeah, there are. Yeah. I mean, ever like the, we talked about it, Eckler like didn't play a full role the first week. And then ever since then he's had what 22 plus DraftKings points in every game. I mean, he's just like, people think he doesn't have like this ceiling, but I mean, he scored 30 in back-to-back weeks. He definitely can dunk on the Ravens. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they're allowing him to score touchdowns is just freaking huge. I mean, that, that was like the one thing that he didn't have and now he has it. Also, it's also great that Larry Roundtree and Justin Jackson – well, Jackson's hurt, but Larry Roundtree sucks. Joshua Kelly sucks, too. I mean, they just have no one else to really change up. And Chargers are – I mean, they're passing at extremely high rates over expectation, too. So Yeah, and Chargers defense totally in play. I mean, it's, it's hard to ignore a defense that no one's going to play that is, like, near min price on DraftKings against what will likely be the highest-owned quarterback we've seen all season. And yeah. it's especially a quarterback who – um he should have two defensive touchdowns on the season um except for the the bullshit call on the the Colts I mean totally in play yeah so maybe Chargers defense is just uh the leverage on it's full of yeah so Chargers it's a weird it's a weird game to figure out yeah yeah and then we got this Mike Williams wrinkle in it too so um all right just spent 20 minutes on the first game, Vikings-Panthers. Uh, Vikings are uh, – it was one-point favorites. I think they've moved to now two, two-and-a-half in some books, over-unders 46. Uh, Dalvin Cook is off the injury report. Um, I'm kind of surprised. Vikings have a bye next week. Um, Dalvin Cook's obviously just pushing to play. Dude's a monster. But they have a bye next week, and they have a really tough stretch from, like, week eight, week 12. Kind of surprised they didn't sit him out here, especially with Sam Darnold looking like Sam Darnold of old last week. But – uh, Dalvin Cook's going to play. Uh, CMC is out again. Uh, you know, they could have put him on IR. Uh, I think they just. Oh, is he confirmed out? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get another Chuba week. Um, the weird thing with Chuba, man, is like he's he's got, you know, last week he had 24 of the 27 carries, but he's just not playing passing downs. He's dropped a ton of passes, man. He just, I don't think he's a very good receiver. Uh, anyway. Uh, so CMC is confirmed out. Uh, Vikings, this line has moved. Panthers open to slight favorites, and then it's just been heavy on the Vikings. Um, <clears throat> I mean, 
Yeah, let's start with the Vikings. I mean, they're just super simple, man. It's Dalvin, it's Thielen, it's Jefferson. Uh, Thielen should have had a much better game last week. He had a uh, like a 15, 18-yard game called back due to penalty. Uh, he had a bad drop and like a 12, 15-yarder. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vikings are are pretty simple this week with with all their dudes back. Uh, Jefferson and Thielen are off the injury report too. Yeah. So I think um, I think Cook is healthier than Madison this week, which is why I think he's playing. Uh, Madison was but no DMP DNP limited, and I think Cook was DMP then full. Yeah. Madison uh, got a limited practice on Thursday. Uh, yeah, and Cook was full on Thursday. Yes, yeah, he was full uh, yesterday and today. Yeah, so I think that's, I think that's probably what it is. I still don't know exactly how that split works out, but um, I will say this is like, this is one of those spots where if you can get a guy like Dalvin Cook, where he's finally healthy again at low ownership, it's like a good spot to take advantage of. Um, but it's sort of sifting through those reports. Like there was the, the week last year where it was Cook's first week back. No one played him, scored like 40 fantasy points at like 3% owned or whatever. So that's like, that's the ceiling that you have to consider with, with Dalvin. But at the same time, you have to wonder if, it's a split again. I lean that he's healthier than not um, to play him. Um, but my concern is that he's only playing because Madison is banged up too. That's my worry. I, th- I lean towards what you're saying, Johnny, that he's healthier than, than we think. Cause I mean, he tried to come back. What, what was it? Week three mm-hmm. or week four. And he played on like 50% of the snaps just wasn't right. Um, and now, you know, we've got two back-to-back full practices. I think regardless of Madison's health, um, I think he's he's closer to healthy. And for what it's worth, Edwin was saying that Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon's ankle sprains are basically the same exact thing. Um, you know, obviously, no two injuries are the same. But relatively speaking, their ankle sprains were very similar. And Mixon looked fine last week. Dalvin Cook, you know, tried to play a couple weeks ago. So I, I think he's he's close to healthy. And for that reason, man, we're going to price decrease and probably a lot less ownership uh, on them than, than we should, than we should see in a, you know, if you were perfectly healthy coming into this game. Yeah. Um, also, also Panthers run defense, man, you know, they shut down Alvin Kamara back in week two. Texans didn't run on them. Then, you know, Zeke and Pollard went nuts on them. Eagles don't run, but you know, We've seen the last two weeks, Panthers run defenses, not, not the unit we thought they were. And Shaq Thompson is going to miss this game again. Uh, he's missed, uh, he missed last week with a foot injury. He's going to be out again this week. So I, I think this is a, a really good spot for Dalvin Cook. And like I was saying, I mean, there's been huge line movement towards the Viking side all week. And I was, I was going to, I was going to bring this to Scott. Uh, <laughs> I, if you remember, I got into an argument. I think it was a, uh, the PFF Moo or whatever his name is a year or two ago that uh, I think that I thought, and I still think that Christian McCaffrey is the only running back in the league who is worth three points uh, in Vegas lines. And I noticed like, as soon as that line moved early on, I was like, I bet McCaffrey's not coming back this week. And there it was. So I think that's why the line moved. I think it opened expecting McCaffrey to play. I think he's the most valuable sure. running back in the league. And I want to pitch to Scott, like, is like, 
should we be dinging like Moore and Robbie and Darnold? Like, should we be dinging them with McCaffrey out, even though it like in your head, you would think that they would be better plays? Uh I think, I think yes, except for DJ Moore. And I mean, he's still a little mispriced. He flopped last week, but he was on an unreal tear with like 80% of his volume and production coming in the first half because it was three straight blowouts to start. And then he went nuclear week four in a competitive game. And again, he flopped last week, but I think, you know, McCaffrey's going to get like seven to eight to nine targets per game. So I, I think that helps more who also, by the way, has been running some halfback routes. Like he, he'll get like one or two uh, targets out of the backfield per week with McCaffrey out and he's mispriced. And like, he's not popping as like one of the top values, but like he has to be in that consideration. Right. That's what I, that's what I'm like trying to figure out with him. Like, I feel like I'm being stupid, like not wanting to play him. Yeah. That's how I feel when I wanted to play him last week, it's like, is Darnold bad Darnold now without McCaffrey or like, am I just like being dumb because he had a bad game? Yeah. I mean, you know, Eagles past defense, you know, Darius Slay has been playing pretty well, but that was all Darnold last week. And now we get this Vikings team that doesn't have a great pass rush and obviously their secondary is trash. So yeah, I, I, I think DJ Moore is a great play this week. And I think this game has a decent shot to go over this total. Yeah. Vikings, man, they were, I was tracking this. I mean, they were a huge shootout team until the last like couple of weeks. Um, You know, they held the Seahawks to 17, held the Browns to 14, held the Lions to uh, to 17. That Browns game though. I mean, Baker was just awful. Kirk Cousins was awful too. I I don't know. I I don't think that's much of a signal. I think this defense is still one to attack. It's just, it all comes down to Darnold, man. I mean, that's, that's literally it. If this, if Darnold plays like he did in the first, you know, first four games, this game definitely is going to shoot out. That's the huge question mark. And I really don't have a good answer for it. Yeah. Um, uh, Let's talk. Is Chuba in play? There's so many running backs in play. I don't think so. I don't think at his price he is. On DraftKings, at least, he's cheaper on some other sites. Yeah. But it's like, are you playing Chuba over Kareem Hunt, over Daryl Henderson, over DeAndre Swift, over Joe Mixon, over John Taylor? Like, I don't think I can play him over any of those guys. Yeah, he's overpriced on FanDuel. Um, 6,900 on FanDuel. Uh, Scott, you think Chuba's in play at all? Uh, no, there's just too many other good running back plays. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, let's get to one of them then. Packers and the Bears. Packers are four and a half point favorites over unders 45. Uh, Bears are kind of in a tough spot. Um, Khalil Mack didn't practice all week. He did play last week. He is battling through a bunch of injuries. And Akeem Hicks did not play in week five, hasn't practiced all week. So Bears front seven is in a rough spot. Uh, Allen Robinson is dealing with an ankle injury. He did practice today, but uh, he's been limited all week. And then obviously the big news for this game is Damian Williams is on the COVID list. So that gives us Khalil Herbert at, you know, extremely valuable prices with that late news coming out. So, um, you know, Scott, you've been saying it, man, there's a lot of running back value on the slate. What is your outlook on Herbert vis-a-vis all the other running back value on 
on uh, for weeks. I think Ryan Nall could steal some passing down usage, but I mean, every single snap upside is there. Uh, And at the very least, it should be like 80% of the XFP. And this is a team that ran 30 plus times last week. I think he's the second best running back value on the slate behind only Kareem Hunt. Yeah. I mean, Herbert looked great, man. I rewatched that game on Wednesday. Um, He's definitely got some juice. Um, I was not super familiar with him coming out of college, but he's got some juice, man. Um, Williams, the interesting thing in that game was Williams out touched Herbert 13 to seven in the first half. But then when they got ahead, they were giving Herbert all like the mop up duty. So now with Williams out, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see him play like 60% of the, you know, pass plays, which for this team, that's like 20 pass plays, 25. Well, that's, that's also important this week, just because there are 5.5 point dogs. That's Green Bay fact. is one of only six teams to give up more fantasy points to running backs through the air than on the ground. So like you could definitely make a case where he flops like, Oh, he hasn't had a single target this year. He wasn't used as a receiver in college. Ryan Nall has, you know, more receptions than carries in his career. And you can, you can imagine he flops, but I think for cash on DraftKings, it's just, he's the RB 36 by price, like every projection, system out there has him as like a mid RB two. And it's just, you know, clearing glaring value, the volume, just chase the volume. This is what you do. Johnny, we've done this for, I don't know, six years now where it's just, you know, the starter goes down, the backup gets thrust into a bell cow workload. Volume is what drives fantasy production at the running back position. Uh, Talent doesn't matter too much. It's like, especially when, you know, Herbert's coming in on fresh legs and uh and yeah you just play these guys you play these guys yeah i think he's a fairly poor tournament play but in terms of small field small field and cash games he's like you know he's the obvious value i think his his floor is is like is pretty good but i think his ceiling is pretty bad yeah man this this bears team is just atrocious and they're playing so freaking this game is the slowest game on the on the slate right like not just this, not the main slate, but week six. I mean, Packers play slow. Bears are just running the shit out of the ball. I mean, they were running the ball 63% of the time on early downs. And, I mean, the Broncos are the slowest team in the league, but the Bears are, like, right there with them. Um, their last three games have combined for 32, 38, and 29 points. I mean, this this game could turn ugly real fast, especially if the Packers build a lead and, you know, they can just blitz the shit out of fields and just force him to do something. I yeah. think Herbert, I think Herbert's floor is pretty damn low. I think it's pretty damn low. I guess I should say I think his touch floor is pretty high. Yeah. Which generally, like in terms of cash games, that's what I want. But I I I agree that like the the Bears could just get stomped, which is what makes him a hard tournament play. And there's a lot of mid-range. This is this is a week where we have a lot of mid-range running backs that I really, really, really like, and we haven't really had that much this season. Yeah. So, yeah, I think in, you know, if you're 100-team league with your friends or whatever, Herbert, great, you know, great play, great value. Uh, Millie Maker, probably pretty horrible play in the Millie Maker. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um... <laughs> All right, we got to talk to Devontae Adams here. Uh, I mean, finally, we saw the ceiling game last week. It goes for, for over 200. 
Um, and he's still, still not the wide receiver one in price, man. Um, he's, he's going to be the highest on receiver on the slate. Right. Right, Johnny. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Surprisingly, I don't think he will be. Um, I think we're going to see these mid range guys that are, I think Terry McLaurin was going to be the highest owned on the slate, but now with his injury, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Adams is actually going to come in sort of middling uh, ownership mm-hmm. because like last week it was like, you had to spend your money, you know, you spent it on Henry and you spent it on Adams and then you figured the rest out. Whereas like this week, um, like we've got cut back and cup is uh, 1100 less on DraftKings. Um, you know, I think Keenan Allen's going to be massively owned if Mike Williams misses. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I think, I think Devontae's in sort of this weird, like the total is shitty. So he's not like projecting as like a point per dollar value. He's gone up a ton. So I think he's going to end up a lot less owned than he probably should be. I mean, he's still, uh, he's still the best play at wide receiver every week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's 200 less than Tyreek on FanDuel and looking at Yahoo. I think he's he's cheaper than Tyreek. Yeah, he's cheaper. Yeah, on, 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 FanDuel, on FanDuel, I think Adams will probably be up there in the same percentage ownership as that that whole group just because FanDuel's kind of like a bit of a pick this week. But on DraftKings, I think he'll come fairly under-owned. Um... All right, so we touched on Herbert. Um, nothing with the Bears passing game. Adams, anything anything else there? I think Packers defense is in play. Yeah, for sure. I mean, any defense against Fields right now is in play. Yeah. Uh, all right, Bengals-Lions here. Um, Bengals are three-and-a-half-point favorites over-unders 48. Uh, Zach Taylor uh, came out and said this morning that uh, he's expecting Joe Mixon to have a full workload. And I, I believe him. I mean, I thought, I thought Mixon looked uh, close to 100%, if not all the way last week. And they just kind of played it safe with Samaj P. Ryan and, and Chris Evans mixing in a little bit this week. They can't do that. Samaj P. Ryan is on the COVID list. Um, so I, I, I kind of buy it. I think Mixon's going to be back in a full-time role and, you know, Bengals are favorites against the worst defense and worst team in the league. Uh, on the line side, TJ Hawkinson was uh, limited all of last week with a knee injury. He's been limited again this week with the same knee injury. And I think that's why he's really fallen off after yep. a really you know, good start. He's just not 100%. He's running his normal routes. He's not pass blocking. Uh, he's doing a lot in the run game to help their, uh, to help the run game, especially with their offensive line injuries. But Hawkinson's just not, he's not close to hundred percent. He's gotten out an injury right now. Um, so that's really the big thing. I mean, you know, there's a shit ton of running back value. It's going to be the theme of this this whole show. But I mean, hundred percent mixing against this Lions defense and a he's you know, nuts. He's the stone nuts this week. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty sexy. So the 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 big ding on Mixon um, is that he was losing pass game work the uh, last few weeks to Samaji P Ryan, who is who is out. Um, Chris Evans is, yeah, he's like a, he's like a bit of a scat back, but um, I think it was very clear. um, It's very clear that they don't really trust Chris Evans as like your, you know, your full blown third down back and pass pro and that kind of thing, especially with 
you know, we're still Burrow's still like opening up, you know, that you're not going to trust this rookie to protect Burrow right now. I think we see Mixon push for his like week one workload where he's going to get four or five targets again, plus 20 plus carries. Um, I mean, you know, Chris Evans is fine, but he's, he's not going to be a guy who's going to get more than like 10% of the snaps. I don't think. And Mixon is going to be the lowest owned of this wide, of this running back group. Yeah. Well, on on the Evans point, they told us what they thought of him last week. He ran six routes. That was fewer than Mixon. I mean, he's not going to play that much. It's He'll play in like long down and distance stuff. Like if it's like third and 12, yep. he'll be out there. But I think at this, we're going to get true bell cow Mixon in the spot. And like you mentioned, I think people are going to be off it because the injury, because the other running backs in play. <laughs> this is a monster spot for Mixon here. Scott, we finally we're we're gonna get first round mixing again this week, right? Yeah, hopefully. I, again, the problem is there's just you know better values, but but yeah. But which which of those running backs in the value range do you project for eighty percent of the snaps as a three point favorite against like the worst team I know. in the NFL? Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. why, why, like, like if you sit down and really think about it, like, why is Kareem Hunt a better play than Joe Mixon this week? Why is DeAndre Swift a better play than Joe Mixon this week? I mean, they're I really mean, it's, not. It's at least close. It's at least super close. Well, right. So why? So the, these other guys are going to be two, three, four times as owned. And they don't, I mean, pr- I don't think projections have fully been caught up yet. But there, a lot of sites are projecting Kareem Hunt for, you know, three, four fantasy point median higher than Joe Mixon. And I, I think that's probably wrong. It's a, it's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. It really hinges on him being fully healthy. But, you know, I, I trust Graham when it comes to running backs more than anyone. He said he looked spry last week. Yeah, man. His touchdown, go back, rewatch his touchdown. He made this little cut on that ankle. And I was like, okay, he's back. And yeah, I mean, he just didn't play that much last week. They, you know, they just played a safe with him. Um, Damn, running back. There's so many good plays. I know. I mean, I know. You could, I want to make a team with like five of these guys this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's why I think, Swift, for, man. I think that, I think for tournaments, that's why you can sort of just like X out Khalil Herbert and play like all these 6K guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, bottom line is mixing those too cheap. That's bottom line. And then you add in the fact that if he's going to be 100% healthy, this is just huge. Um, Scott, you nailed Swift last week. And I think, um, you know, they're basically the same price this week on DK at least. But, I mean, this is just another awesome spot for, for Swift. Um, Lions are the only team they're the only team to, uh, to not lead in a game so far. Um, and the Bengals, were, they're freaking awful against – passing running back uh or running backs in the past game um they basically didn't cover aj dillon a couple times last week and teams are hitting them for 28 percent target share two running backs that's the second highest target share to running backs allowed um i mean this is just you know swift has five or more targets in every game he's the only running back to do that and i think you can kind of just make a carbon copy of what you said about swift last week and basically apply it to this week yeah this, yeah this... I, I think that's right this is the rare time you'll hear me say it. I think you can stack Swift and Mixon 
because of what Swift's role is. Swift, he's basically a receiver. I mean, he's a receiver and he gets, you know, nine to 12 carries. Um, especially with, I mean, the poor lines, man, they have just have so many freaking injuries to the receivers. I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown's like the only one who survived the final destination. I mean, it's just, it's brutal out there. Yeah. Um, and, and, on, Jamal Williams, and Jamal Williams is hurt too. Sorry. Yeah. And I'm on Amon Ra, like, would you play Quintus Cephas at 4K? No, you wouldn't. So don't play Amon Ra. I, I, I just don't understand. Like, I've seen him talked about a ton on various podcasts and stuff. I mean, he doesn't project very well. Um, you know, I just don't, I don't think Amon Ra is a, a good play at all. Do we, do, I mean, do either of you have confidence sure. in him? No. No. I don't have confidence in the volume either. I mean, they've yeah. been just – every single week they spread it around. I mean, yeah. it's – you know, he projects for five or six targets, which is fine, but, I mean, at 42 on DK, he's 4,200, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not great. Yeah. I so, mean – go ahead. So let's, let's talk about the wide receivers in this game. Uh our projections have Jamar Chase as like a top three value. Most projections besides our own really like Higgins this week on at least one of the sites. Chase is super interesting to me. So my model said, hey, this guy is far and away the best wide receiver prospect since AJ Green and Julio Jones. This guy is an absolute monster. And what has he done? Second most fantasy points by any wide receiver uh, through the first five games ever. Uh, behind only Randy Moss, he ranks seventh in fantasy points, but he ranks 32nd in XFP. So he's like a massive regression candidate, efficiency regression candidate. The problem is I do not see that coming this week. Like you give him five targets. I think he still absolutely smashes. This is a dream matchup. So he's by far the best deep threat in football right now. He leads in deep receptions, yards, touchdowns, fantasy points. That's 57% of his total production is coming on the deep ball. And then Detroit is just absolutely garbage against the deep ball. They're giving up 153 receiving yards per game to wide receivers on deep passes. That's over two times the league average rate. They rank sixth worst in yard uh, fantasy points allowed per target to outside wide receivers. We have him as the wide receiver three on the week. That's crazy to me, but you know, and, and if that's true, like, He's basically a must play. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like, he's you know, great, Mixon's fully he's a healthy. Great tournament play. Mixon's fully healthy. If you go back to leaning on the run game, but I mean, everything sets up for an absolute smash. Yeah. No, Mix, Mixon and Chase are, are both really great tournament plays because the, the T Higgins thing, I don't fully understand. I think this is everyone sort of grasping for, um, like when you work on building the optimals, it's like on DraftKings at least, you sort of like end up needing like a, a wide receiver between 5,000 and 5,500. And I think everyone's kind of just like forced in T Higgins as like the top 5K play. Uh, I think Michael Pittman is a better play. I think Brandon Cooks is a better play. Uh, I think Jacoby Myers is a better play. I mean, t- you're, you're looking at the wide receiver two slash wide receiver three i think boyd and and higgins are kind of complementary wide receivers um in an offense that really doesn't throw a ton who are favorites against a really bad 
opponent who has a ton of injuries. I don't know. I don't really, I don't really understand the Higgins thing. It's yeah. been kind of confusing to me all week. Well, all of yeah, Higgins- so the thing about Higgins is he's really good, but he's not the next Randy Moss. Which yeah. Chase might be. And also his, Sorry, his is, volume yeah. has come in losses. Yeah. And I mean, last week, the way they used him, I mean, they were just clearly easing him back in. Like all of his targets were underneath like little curls, little slants. I mean, he just was not, he was not a part of the offense really last week. He was a second, third read guy. And, you know, I think that's obviously going to change over the course of the season, but like you were saying, Proctor, like, I mean, man, Lions, they might get just completely road graded here. Bengals are 61% run heavy when they're ahead. That's just ahead by one or more point. They're 61% run heavy this year. And that's tied for the league's highest rate. I mean, if they get ahead here, man, this is, this is mixing 25 carries, 150 yard, two touchdown upside. I mean, here's an interesting uh, idea for you, Johnny. Uh, Massive ownership to Joe Mixon, who you love in tournaments. And then on non Mixon lineups, what about Burrow to Chase? Just because, like, you could do whatever you want on Detroit, but we think Cincinnati wants to run, and as most teams have done, but they rank second worst in uh, fantasy points allowed per pass attempt. They rank third worst in opposing passer rating. Teams just don't need to throw on them. But what if, what if uh, this is a, somehow a competitive game? I think I, I feel about chase sort of how I feel about Devonte Adams where like, I don't really want to stack him with burrow. I just want, like if burrow has a huge game, it comes through chase. You know, right. if Aaron Rodgers has a big game, it comes through Devonte Adams. Right. But, right. But the wide receiver can have a good enough game on his own too. Um, so I think I would just prefer chase by himself. I think chase is just really good leverage off of T Higgins who on DraftKings, I think T Higgins will, be one of the highest owned wide receivers on the slate, which is wow bizarre. Um, it's just looking around the industry at the the sort of the optimals that you can spit out, the way the projections are coming out. Um, I think the industry is over over projecting T Higgins. That may change by Sunday, but I mean it's been it's been here all week. Yeah, Fantasy Labs uh, has Higgins as their top owned wide receiver on DK. And it's, it's more. Like, it's, it's three like, or four wow. sites. Yeah, it's like really flat after that too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I just I don't think this is a great game. You know, I think this could be this could be a pretty slow game. Um, which I think is, you know, if you just don't play anyone in this game, that's that's fine too. Um, but I definitely don't want to play a massively owned T Higgins from you know a forty-five point total against the Lions. Yeah, this is the worst game in both adjusted pace and adjusted plays. Yeah, um, it's 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 not it's not a good game, objectively speaking. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of not a great game, Texans Colts Colts are ten point favorites, which I have I have no idea how they're getting that much support. Uh, Over under is forty three. Um, no real injury news in this game. I mean, Texans, you know what you're doing with the Texans. It's Brandon Cooks. Um, yeah. We talk about that quickly, but. Um, I, I wanted to mention, man, Colts are 10 point favorites. The Texans have led on 30% of their snaps this year. The Colts, the Colts have led on 31% of their snaps. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not saying the Texans are going to win. I'm not saying go bet your mortgage on Texans money line, 
But I think these two teams are a lot closer than the public thinks. I think the Colts have just been completely overrated by the markets and the public all year long. Um, you know, obviously this is just a monster spot for Jonathan Taylor. And I think Michael Pittman's a good play, but I'm just saying, I think this game is going to end up being more competitive than pretty much anybody thinks. I mean, especially if this game's, this game's the second slowest matchup of the week too. Um, which also lends itself to probably being a little bit tighter with fewer possessions overall. But um, let's talk Texans because really it's just it's just Brandon Cooks. That's that's really it. He's uh, you were saying you were saying player. he's a you were saying he's a better value than Higgins. Oh yeah, okay. I think uh, so. Like Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks had like the the most obvious two bad games in a row. Yes. Like, gets Trey White then he gets Bill Belichick who like only has to prepare for him who he played for he played for like you know he knows everything <laughs> about him and you know there was uh what it was the the Bills game where like you saw all these Josh Allen teams that had Brandon Cooks on the other side and it's like why didn't you idiots just play Allen without a Texan um but yeah, it was like it's like one of those rare times where you can point to like a matchup for a wide receiver and say like this is a bad spot for him. And then he gets the Colts who've just been getting dusted by wide receivers. Um, I think this is a, a great, great game for for Cooks. But unfortunately, I think the the industry is sort of on this too. Uh, I think he'll be pretty owned, but uh, I think he's the best mid five k wide receiver on DraftKings and one of the one of the better values on on Fandle too it's just you know his his touchdown equity is fairly low yeah so our projections don't like cooks but but I'll make a point to bump it up I I like him way more I, I wrote him up for start sit for exactly why you outlined I mean he had a 54 percent yardage share in week four uh, he was top five in fantasy points per game targets per game before that he ranked sixth in xfp market share so like best volume of like all but five wide receivers. Here's my one concern, Johnny, and I, I'll let you speak to it. We have long brought up the point that the Matt Eberflus scheme in Indianapolis shuts out, shuts down opposing wide receiver once. That was true every single year he was there. That was true last year when they shut down Cooks. This year, I mean, Lockett smashed them, Metcalf smashed them, Cubs smashed them. Parker, Marquise Brown smashed them. So do you just, is that any concern, the broader sample, or are you just, hey, they're getting destroyed and Cooks is going to smash? Yeah, I just don't think they have the secondary talent to do it anymore. Yeah, they don't have the guys, man. We've said that before, but but okay. They don't have the guys. But we also, it was like, um, I guess it was like last year, they didn't really have the wide receiver talent, so they were just getting like crushed by slot guys and tight end guys but they weren't giving up bombs and they're still not really giving up bombs, but you know, they're giving up chunk catches to these, you know, the alpha wide receivers. And I think, I think cooks is, you know, clearly the alpha only guy they have in, in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Xavier Rhodes is no longer Xavier Rhodes. He's 31 missed the first couple of weeks. And that was the, First two games was that was a locket in that calf game, and then Rocky Seen has been hurt. Rocky Seen's their their only good corner right now, and he's hurt. Um, I just they, I just don't think they have the the personnel to do what they want to do anymore. Scott um, Rhodes is in concussion protocol, by the way. I think he's going to play. Looked like he yeah. was 
trending towards playing. So they're going to have Rhodes, and they might have Rocky Seam back, but I'm, I don't really know if that matters all that much. Um, uh, let's talk Pittman. Yeah. Is So one thing I noticed, it seemed like Wentz was moving around a little bit better I thought last so too. week. I thought um, so and Pittman is getting like consistent, strong value uh, or strong target. Um, but is he the guy you want to play as an 11 point home favorite against a bad Texan team? I don't know. And I think he's going to be pretty popular. I mean, he's like a good play. He projects well. Um, but I think his floor is, this is probably a bad game for his floor. Um, I mean, if you're, if, you know, you always, you always kind of have this line of thinking practice. So I'm going to steal it from you, but like, you know, if we're expecting the Colts to come out and just fuck, I mean, Pittman's the guy, his target share is super, super consistent. They don't have anybody else. I mean, it's, you know, they, they got Pittman and then they mix in the rest of their dusty wide receivers and they do dumb shit with their tight ends, like, and dumb shit with their running backs too. Pittman's like right. the one consistent piece, this passing game. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's back now. He's, Maybe. He might be, but I I got to think he's going to be real limited, man. There's no way. He plays a full yeah. full game. Uh, he, he ranks uh, 16th in XFP per game. Uh, he's the 26th highest priced wide receiver on FanDuel. Yeah. Um, For what it's worth on Hilton, there was a quote. Um, he said yesterday, just because I'm practicing doesn't mean I'm playing. So, here's, a, here's one for today. Reich said, cautiously optimistic that the neck is not an issue anymore, but we need to make sure that he's physically ready for the game. We will check in on him again this weekend. I don't know. That sounds like he's yeah. probably not going to play. Yeah, I mean, Colts, the Colts have a three-week window to get Hilton back. You know, he was designated a return this week, so they still have, whatever, 18 days. Yeah. To get him right. Um, huge favorite, huge favorites against Texans. Oh, granted, this is a must-win game for them at this point to stay alive. Um but yeah, I think I think if Hilton plays, he's going to be very very limited. Um, we got to talk some Jonathan Taylor here because I mean this is just such a huge spot. I just really wish, I really wish Reich would just stop playing Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines all these like empty snaps and just let Taylor play at least sixty five percent. But he's just stuck around fifty. So here's the question: Now that teams are inquiring about Marlon Mack, do they really play him this week? Like, is this, is this, cause they were talking about like, they were like setting up Mac to trade. Like they didn't play him against the Titans. Then they sort of gave him a couple carries against the Dolphins, a couple carries against the Ravens. Now there's reports that teams want to trade for him. Do they just like shut him down again? And if they do, then Jonathan Taylor's like such a smash. Yeah. I mean, he's already a smash. Right. But if you remove like six carries from the pool for Mac, Right. That's even better. Right. Yeah. I I mean, I hope they make him a healthy scratch because then that, I mean, no one would, you know, with all the running back value, running back value, like we talked with Mixon, excuse me, Taylor's going to be lower on than he should be anyway. But yeah, I'm just, I'm so, I'm just sick of it with Reich, man. I'm just sick of it with this guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a great play. He's a great play, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, I think that's going to do it here. Yep. And oh, and um, stacking Taylor with the Colts, Colts defense deep. is probably the one of the few spots. I think mixing with Bengals too, 
two of the few spots that I would I would like to do that. Okay. Um. All right. Let's move on here. Rams and the Giants. Uh, Rams are nine and a half point favorites. Over under is forty seven and a half. And poor Giants fans, Scott. I'm sorry, man. Like you guys just you guys are freaking cursed. It's just unbelievable. It's every year at this point. You guys just cannot get all your dudes healthy at once. It's insane. Uh, Kenny Galladay's out. Saquon Barkley is, for all intents and purposes, he's out. Uh, it does seem like Sterling Shepard is going to come back. He's been practicing in a limited fashion all week. He didn't practice the previous two weeks at all. Uh, I think Darius Slayton's kind of the same boat. Um, Kadarius Darius Tony's Slayton fine. sucks. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Atrocious. He does one thing well, and that's running uh, fast in a straight line, and then he gets open and he can't catch the ball. It's great. Oh, my God. He dropped a ball in the preseason that cost me, like, 15K, and I – just like he's so it was like right like you just he just can't catch the fucking ball <laughs> he's just got constant yips yeah constant yips um i was gonna say this there was a misquote out there on like monday or tuesday uh some beat gave misappropriated a, a joe judge uh quote about another player i think it was one of their corners the Kadarius tony they said like Kadarius tony's season is we're, we're going to try and hope he's not out for the season. No, dude, it's completely fine. Uh, he's been back in practice. Ankle injury seems completely minor. Um, Kadarius Tony, my God, man, that dude is a stone-cold baller. Uh, he definitely does not suck. Um, Scott, the interesting thing I want to ask you about, um, and I know you've been on this in the past, Sterling Shepard has been significantly better as a slot wide receiver as opposed to an outside guy. Where do you think – if, if Shepard's healthy and plays this week, do you think he goes outside and they play Tony more, or, or how do you think that shakes out? Uh, so I have no idea, and I, I wanted to talk to you guys about this because uh, a lot of projection systems love Shepard this week. I, I kind of like Tony um, after what he did. He's He was running like 54% of his routes from the slot, but the far majority of his production was coming out wide. I profiled him as he should be slot only to start his career, but I don't know now. And so like, what do they do? Uh, uh, Shepard was like 80% slot. Um, I think it'd be awesome, man. Gets his role back, right? Or, or do they just set up their new wide receiver one who looks amazing to be the featured focal point of the offense. It's the the Giants, man. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. So, so John Costco is like one of the best film experts in the entire game. He works at PFF and he tweeted out in week one and got a ton of shit for it or week two, whenever Shepard was smashing, he was like, get, put Shepard on the bench and give Tony this role because Tony can do everything that Shepard can do, but way better. And like, that looks so true now. So like, what, what what happened? Like, who do you play? Like, is Shepard going to go back to being who he was? Just like eight targets or more in like 15 straight games. He smashed this year, smashed at the tail end of last season. Or is Tony just the new wide receiver one? We're getting him at low ownership and a reduced salary. Like maybe he's this year's version of rookie Tyreek, rookie OBJ. Oh, baby. Shit, Scott, I have no idea. Scott, if that's true, I'm going to be a freaking millionaire. I have Tony... I, on like 60% of my underdog best ball media teams. Like he was easily I, one of those draft I sent that message to you guys in Slack and I sent it to you <clears throat> via text message in August that I just had this weird gut feeling 
that everyone's forgetting about Tony and he's going to have a rookie OBJ rookie like season. People were taking Alan Lazard over Tony in best ball in August. It was fucking unbelievable. I mean, it was awesome. And in dynasty leagues. But here's the question. Khalil Herbert was going over him. If Slayton, if Slayton and Galladay didn't get hurt, like, does he right. ever see that's, the field with this stupid fucking team? Yeah, I mean that's that's my you know my concern is that the genie's like, out of the bottle though, Johnny. Right, right. Is it though? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean so. you, you never know. Like I mean it is for you never us. know with Garrett. You never know with Garrett. The big the big key I think to kind of figure this out is if Darius Slayton plays, he's strictly outside, so that takes away he's going to play their X. That'll take away that spot. Scott, assuming rational coaching, they 100% should just play Tony in the 65%, you know, snap in the slot role. But I, I just, uh, we don't know. I, I think even if he's outside though, I think he could be okay. It's Dude, just. he. Did you see that catchy? He made over from Mike Leonard. He made it over a Cowboys corner. It was like a Cowboys corner and he was like a deep go. And he, the ball was short because it's Mike Lennon. He came up, snagged the ball over his freaking shoulders and brought it back down, dude. He's unbelievably good. Unbelievably. I, I wrote in, uh, read what I wrote in XFP, but it, like I did 800 words on just how amazing he looks. And it, it's just like, so does Shepard still command his eight targets? Does that really matter? I, in this, okay, I, I in want this, exposure to both in tournaments, but like I, I don't have an amazing lean. Yeah, I mean, we, we've- Or so lot. Tony. We've spent a lot of time talking about this, but Scott, the point, I guess the point on that is the Rams are 10 point favorites here. I mean, they're going to stomp them. The Giants are going to have no other point, no other, you know, they're going to do nothing else but throw in this game, especially with Booker back there. I mean, Devontae Booker stinks. He's terrible. Oh, also, is Daniel Jones definitely playing? Like, what what if it's Mike Leonard? Yeah. Last I read yesterday is that he's progressing through. And usually when they say they're progressing through the protocol on Thursday, that means there's like a, very, very strong yeah. chance they play. It'll be so he has to Daniel Jones has to pass the new the, the the second test tomorrow. And then if he passes, then he can play. So he passed the first whatever tests where you're limited, you get tested, you then you're he was a full participant today, and then he'll be tested again tomorrow. And if he clears, he'll play. So barring him having a, a setback from today he should play i'd say he's probably like 80 percent to play yeah which is i think that's the only thing that makes like booker if if glennon was the quarterback booker would have been like unplayable um the one thing the one the one positive that booker has over khalil herbert is we know that booker is the bell cow 100 he's the yeah. bell cow um they treated him like it in the preseason uh, when they had their dress rehearsal game, Daniel Jones played the whole first half, uh, but Booker only played the first quarter. Gary Brightwell's like didn't really show anything he's in the awful. preseason. So yeah, it's Booker's backfield. I mean, you know, he's going to get 95% of the snaps. He's the goal line back. He's the third down back. Usage is phenomenal. Spot is just horrible. Yep. Spot's horrible and he's horrible. Um. All right, let's talk some Rams here. Uh, is the Robert Woods squeak? Was that just one squeaky wheel game, or is that going to be a larger point moving forward? Um, that you know, maybe Cups not just the stone wide receiver one. Maybe it's truly the 
the one A one B. I think a lot of us were expecting. That's the that's the question, and I really don't have a good answer for it. Yeah, I have a hard time paying for him. Like after the price goes up, I mean, I think I think you it's and I were is so good. Yeah, but I think like you and I were both on him for showdown against the Seahawks. Um, every you know the talk of the squeaky wheel that was like the big thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's probably one of the better games that Woods will have this season. I think it's going to be rare that anyone on the Rams gets 14 targets in, in sort of any given game. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think he's I think he's fine. I just I, I hate playing a guy that I think has like is coming off of like their best game of the season and gone up in price. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I want none of Woods. I, I do think that was just a squeaky wheel game. And even in the Robert Woods squeaky wheel game, Cup still had 10 targets for the fifth game in a row, seven catches, 90-plus receiving yards. I mean, should we be viewing him as, like, 90% Devontae Adams, 90% Tyreek Hill? Because he's priced, like, what, 75% Tyreek, 75% Adams? I think we should also keep in mind that Stafford is still dealing with this finger yeah, thing. I was um, and so like, if they're up by 10 points, they're really not going to chuck. Um, we saw them bring in Sony Michelle, like Henderson got like dinged or something. They brought in Sony Michelle and they just like ran it like 11 straight times. Um, Cause Stafford was like shaking his hand out. So I think we can definitely see, those those kinds of spots where like if they're dunking on the Giants, we just see a ton of Henderson and, and Michelle. So that would be my concern whenever they're going to be a big favorite. Yeah. I think the other thing with with Michelle playing, you know, getting 10, 11 carries last week, I think it was just a, a short week. Henderson's probably now. Close so to I, I don't think that yeah. just because just because uh, McVeigh immediately came out, told reporters that like that's what he envisions for this backfield moving forward like that's what he wants he thinks they do something differently that uh you know makes the offense better used in tandem yeah but does he view that as he thinks that michelle should continue to get two drives and henderson gets seven or does he view it as he thinks michelle should get 10 carries and henderson should get 20 that's that's what i can't figure out with that quote because Michelle really, Michelle only got two drives. And I think it was more like a drive and a half. He just happened to go the whole way down the field and score on the one drive. Okay, good point. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I just don't think we're going to see the 93% snap share Henderson right. that we saw for the first right. few weeks. I, I don't think we're going to see that moving forward. Right. And just there's, again, so many amazing running back plays. We talked about Mixon, Swift, Hunt. We talked about the super cheap guys, uh, Eckler, uh, Zeke, um, Taylor. Yeah, for what it's worth, I know we're talking DFS here, but I mean, Sony Michelle is like the most valuable stash running back right now. Like, if you can go trade for him, do it. Because if Henderson's out, man, like he is, he's a league winner down the stretch. Um, yep. He's a, just a stone cold league winner. Um, I have a shit ton of Michelle on my seasonal teams at this point. Um, all right, I think yeah. Henderson's Scott. still Henderson's still a good play, but to but to yeah. Scott's point, I think I think his ceiling is somewhat somewhat capped in the sense that he's 
like we talked about stacking like Mixon and uh, Taylor with the defense, like Henderson's not a guy I would want to stack with the defense because like, a pick six just increases the odds of Michelle stealing touches from him. So you want, you like Henderson's a great play, but I would want him paired with a giant because like, I want the giants to show up a little bit. Like if the Rams go up 14 to nothing, you are way more likely to see more Michelle than not. Yeah. Um, Scott, to put a bow on this, anytime the dynasty community is completely out on a player like Darius Tony, go all in. Just go all in. <laughs> like it's just it's like 100% success rate. Anybody, anytime anybody's out on a player like that, you just you just go all in and fade that. Um, Daniel Jones cleared from concussion protocol. Yeah, I saw that too. So yep. good to go. Yep, so he's fine. Um, all right. Chiefs and the team. Uh, Chiefs are seven point favorites. This over under on Wednesday, I have it in my notes, is at 55. I saw it tick down this morning when I was going through props on um, like 54 and a half. Uh, and it's, it's might keep going down. Yeah, it's going to keep going down with McLaurin. Um, so the quote from Rivera this morning, he said that McLaurin's hamstring is a little tight. They're just playing it safe with him. Um, obviously any, you know, late injuries like this sucks, but man, they desperately need him. Curtis Samuel's out. They completely mismanaged that groin injury. Camp Sims is out. Obviously Logan Thomas is on IR. Uh, this DeAndre Carter might literally, <laughs> might literally be their number one wide receiver if McLaurin can't play. Um, so we'll have to see, uh, on the chief side, Tyreek did get a practice in today. He did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday with that quad injury. So he's going to play. Um, but obviously, you know, McLaurin just throws, throws a wrench into this game. Just, I mean, it, it kind of, it, it kills Heineke if McLaurin's out and it kind of kills this game in general too. Cause I mean, Washington is just down, they're down to nothing at wide receiver and tight end. So I, I think, uh, I think McLaurin's going to play James Palmer said he'd be shocked if McLaurin can't go on Sunday. Well, it seems, and like, there were a few other tweets saying like they're just being abundantly cautious because he was feeling sore. And That's so what they it, keep saying, except that he sh- like showed up today at practice with a hamstring issue. Well, this is purely anecdotal, but the dude played through two sprint ankles last year. So right. He's, he's going to, he's like a George Kittle type of guy. Like if he can get out there, he's going to play. Um, so I, I lean towards what you're saying, Scott, but really truthfully Friday afternoon, we, we don't know. Um, I think he plays. It's just like, I don't know what he'll be. McLaurin, like I had like circled him on like Monday, like best play on the slate. And now I'm like shook by the, by the thought or by the hamstring. I don't know what to do with it. Um, and I don't know about Tyreek. I mean, Tyreek is obviously limited. I don't think he's even close to hundred percent. If he plays, he's, I mean, he's not playable in, in DFS. Um, he's never been great playing through injury. So I don't know. I don't know. This, game, this is a game I was like super stoked about. And now I'm, I'm just way less stoked about it. And I think that's, but, but like, I keep telling myself that's what everyone is thinking. And like, this is probably still a good game because these are the two worst defenses in the league. Um, and they both have competent quarterbacks. So yeah, I think we should probably be more willing to play this game if the total does continue to come down. Yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. Because, I mean, Mahomes, even with Tyreek Hill limited, 
Mahomes can do his thing. He can throw for 350 and four touchdowns and just completely wreck Washington. Um, and the Chiefs, man, I, my God. I mean, they can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. They can't rush the passer. I mean, I was really hoping we get McLaurin, but we'll just have we'll just have to see. It's been it's been funny, like every week seeing everyone you know post like, oh, you know, the Chiefs are just like a lock to cover this week, a lock to cover this week. And I I think Rich Rebar has really been the only guy who's been hammering for the past you know going into the end of last season that like the Chiefs defense is so bad that they like can't cover big spreads. Yeah. Like they just like yeah. have to play hero ball, yeah, because they can't win with their yeah. defense raleigh has been on that too he's been writing that up in his trends that like i mean i think there's a stat you know maybe last week that they were one and seven in the last eight games at ats um yeah. i mean i would i would be on washington if they had mclaurin but yeah that's the thing um we got okay so so is this a game though where like if we don't think the chiefs can dunk on them by 14 because they just like can't. And if Tyreek Hill is out, is Gibson a play that like nobody is going to be on who, like if he gets 24 touches against the Chiefs, he could score 30 DraftKings points, like even if they lose by 10. Yeah. I See? think it's just too risky given the, 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 the spread. But I mean, they lost They're seven by 10. point dogs. Right, they lost by 10 last week, and he still got 22 touches. Um, I mean, there's a ton of running back plays this week. What's more interesting to me, so, like, if Tyreek Hill were healthy, like, I, I think he w- would be as good of a play as Adams. Washington can't tackle to save their life. They're getting destroyed by wide receivers. Um, but, I mean, so if he is really banged up, or even if he's out, it's – who do you look at? Because McCall Hard, well, if he's out, McCall Hardman, I think, is an amazing play because that oh. they drafted him to be the Tyreek Hill. So I think he but he, he would see the Tyreek. <laughs> I mean, he's he did well last week, so I think he could see like the Tyreek role and smash at low ownership. Right? I think Tyreek's gonna play. I think so. yeah. But even if he's way, out, like by the way, <laughs> where do the targets go? It took it took 12 targets from Patrick freaking Mahomes for McKee McCormick to get 70 yards. 12. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's so bad. Dude, he's 12 targets so though. Uh yeah, for 76 yards from Patrick Mahomes. It's great. Um yeah. Ty- I think Tyreek's gonna play. But uh I want to talk Kelsey, man. Like prices come way down. What is he, 7k on DK? Got another screen here. Yeah, seven guy. Yeah. So I was just I was just looking at Miko's splits really quick. Um, doesn't have much in terms of splits, but that's also mostly been with Watkins. But he basically doubles his like career yardage per game with Tyreek out. I don't know. So he goes from ten yards to twenty. <laughs> goes from twenty nine to fifty four. Yeah. Just, oh, just as bad. <laughs> oh, baby. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, Kelsey. Um, he's tougher to get to on Fanduel. He's still priced like, you know, the wide receiver one, but at least on DK. At least on DK, he's, you know, he's 7K. Yep. Any Kelsey thoughts here? 
my one thought on Kelsey is that um, I think you're going to see a lot of teams that have Mark Andrews and Kelsey. So I think that's a, that's a bad pairing that you should avoid. And I also think there's going to be teams that play Kelsey and Ricky Seals Jones um, as sort of like a in-game mini stack. That's also something I would avoid. I, I think this is like the one week where, you know, two tight ends is, is somewhat viable, but the fact that people are on it um, makes me not want to do it. Okay. Um, Scott, you were on RSJ last week. Um, just copy and paste the same, same thoughts yep. this week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, man, he should add a touchdown. That was a contested, it was contested, but he dropped it and get a big play called back due to a penalty too. Um, yeah, he's, he's a really good play. Um, let me see if I pull this up real quick. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, this is like one of those weeks where there's only like four tight ends that I even want to consider pretty much on every site. So RSJ, RSJ, Andrews, Kelsey, and then who? Um, probably, probably Jared Cook if Mike Williams is out. Um, and then I want to see what's up with, with Darren Waller, um, as sort of like the forgotten man, I, I always like to consider him, but otherwise I think that's really, that's really it. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, we got to talk to Rel too. Um, we got only three games left after this. Um, any thoughts on Darrell here? I mean, just another good value, but, um, you know, obviously we know what the Chiefs do when they get in close. It's Kelsey, it's Hill. Um, I do no, think, I, I think I think Williams has some some touchdown equity. I think he's more touchdown equity than Clyde Edwards Alaire did most weeks, but he's the only Chiefs uh, player to have a single carry inside the five yard line. So he, I'm I'm expecting basically CEH's role plus actual goal line well. usage. Um, I like him more than Booker. He's another oh, yeah. great running back value. I like. Yeah, I think he's a considering ownership uh he's a better play than khalil herbert if if the ownership goes as i'm expecting um herbert's just sort of like the shiny new toy so i think he's gonna end up higher owned than than uh daryl the barrel well if he plays well enough this week maybe he can buy that second l for his name um all right cardinals browns here uh obviously the huge news this morning was nick chubb is out he has calf injury um so we're going to see Kareem Hunt back in, you know, a pretty huge role. Um, Brown's secondary, guys, is in absolute shambles. Uh, Denzel Ward, uh, Greg Newsom, and A.J. Green are all questionable. Um, I was looking earlier. Greedy Williams was on the injury report earlier this week, but I, I didn't have time to look for an update on him. But the bottom line is, I mean, Brown's secondary is just in shambles here. Um, man, this, this game is, is – a tough one because the Browns play slow and run a ton. The Cardinals have slowed down drastically this year, but that's mainly because they really haven't had to have their foot on the gas in a lot of these games. Uh, the only time we saw, we've seen Kyler, you know, uh, have to really put his foot on the gas was week two in the Vikings. And that game went just completely off. Uh, and I think the score for like combined to score for like 70 points. Um, if the Browns can keep this shit close, this game is a lot of fun. Um, especially with Kareem Hunt, you know, and the Browns backfield being a lot more condensed. So, um, Rocker, what are your what are your initial thoughts here? Your initial read on Hunt in this game in general? 
So my word um, is that Hunt is also hurt. Um, and I, if you guys remember last year when Chubb got hurt, Kareem Hunt was also hurt. And he sort of ended up playing like almost the same role, splitting time with, um, I don't remember if Dernis Johnson was there last year or not, but that's who I assume will, will play a good bit. So I think they're still going to rotate backs. Like I don't think Kareem Hunt is going to be uh, a bell cow. Like if he was a bell cow, obviously he would be a, a total smash. But like I, I think everyone's expecting him to be Alexander Madison. Um, and I'm not quite sure he's going to be. I mean, he's a really good play, but if he's going to be like 35% owned, how much better is he of a play than those other 6K running backs we talked about? So that's that's my consideration for uh, Kareem Hunt, just as like from an ownership perspective. Um, I think he's going to be overprojected. Like obviously he's like the best 6K play from a projection standpoint, but I don't know how much better he is than the other ones. Yeah. And he didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. I mean, we could yeah. see some Dearness Johnson. I, I'm, I still think Hunt's going to play. He's going to get 65% of the snaps, but I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be like a Madison. He plays every single snap because they don't have anything else. Um, so I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's still just such a good spot. Cardinals run defense is freaking awful. They just, the thing is, Cardinals are giving up 5.2 yards per carry to running backs, second most in the league, but they just, we haven't seen anybody try to run on Arizona because, you know, Arizona's putting up 30 a game. Um, so that's the thing. And we know what the Browns are going to try to do here. Um, so if Hunt's playing and he's active, I mean, 18, 20 carries against this, this run defense is still really hot. I think he's a uh, must play. Do you guys? Okay. Why not? Uh, well, Proctor was saying because depends on what you're depends on what contest you're talking about. Like, I think he's a hor- I think he's a horrible millie maker play at ownership because there's just in, in cash. Yeah, I mean, you're playing him. He projects the best. I mean, he would be your best projected play at running back on on the slate. But I don't think he's as good of a play as Alexander Madison was, and he's going to be higher owned than Alexander Madison was. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, so Madison, it's like these, these, these late week plays that pop up like on Friday or Saturday always end up over-owned because everyone is like, they think they're getting this like late week play that nobody else has. Like that's what people think in their head, but then that isn't the case anymore. You know, five years ago, Cream Hunt would be 20% owned because people don't update their lineups or whatever, but that doesn't exist anymore. Right. Whereas like Alexander Madison last weekend, we get the news. I mean, I thought that might've been coming, but we get the news 90 minutes before and he ends up 10 or 15% lower owned than he would have been if we had gotten the news the day before. Um, so that's, that's my only concern with Hunt is just a banged up guy at 35% ownership when there's, other plays that I really like in the same price range for tournaments makes him makes him feel like a bad play in large fields. Obviously, in you know smaller contests and cash games, he's he's probably a guy you you need to have on your teams. Yeah. Um, any thoughts here on the Cardinals side? I mean, uh, they're trading for Zach Hurts, which is a lot of fun uh, after Max Williams is out for the year. Um, I mean. I noted this in stat pack this week, but Kyler's just not running like we need him to. Um, it's hurt. 
Yeah, Indian always hurt. Yeah, he's got that shoulder injury again, but he's just not scrambling. I mean, he's 10th among all quarterbacks in scrambles per game. Uh, last year, he was scrambling at the third, you know, he's scrambling third most. Um, and, you know, obviously they're spreading the ball around way more this year, which is just kind of nuked Hopkins and combine all of that with their pace. I mean, this Cardinals team just doesn't have the upside it did. Um, it did last year. Uh, yeah, I just, I'm, I don't know. I'm really starting with the Cardinals this week and what to do. Yeah, I don't play hurt Kyler. We'll do it. I did it too many times last year. Like, this is the week. This is the week. Not doing it. I'll wait until he's off the injury report. I think this game could could disappoint um, two teams that uh, can both sort of be a lot slower than you than you think. Everyone was on the Browns game against the Vikings. No, nothing happened. Um, and then Browns for the Chargers it blows up. And now I think people are going to be on the plays from this game. But really, I think um, Cream Hunt's probably the only the only guy I want in this game. Um, yeah. Maybe Odell Beckham. I mean, the the you know it's going to happen eventually. He's going to catch a bomb, but it just like is Landry back so this bad. week? They activated him, but I don't think he's or they brought him off of IR, but he has 21 days to return or whatever. So I don't know if he's going to play or not. Yeah, I I don't think he's going to play, and if he does, it's going to be extremely limited. Um, they they desperately need him too. I kind of think they might trade Beckham before the deadline. We are on, we're on year three of Odo Beckham and Baker Mayfield not having any chemistry together. Year three. I mean, at some point, it's like yeah. maybe it's not Baker's fault, maybe it's not Beckham's fault, but at the end of the day, these two just have not been on the same page for three years. Yeah, um, it's been great in the run game, though. <laughs> uh, all right, I think that'll do it. Raiders, Broncos, Raiders, Broncos. Broncos are three and a half point favorites. Overrunners forty four. Uh, Melvin Gordon's still dealing with this like hip leg injury. He's been on the injury report for the last couple of weeks. He's continuing to play through it and he's continuing to look okay. Uh, I kind of wish he would take this week off though, because Javante would be a phenomenal play if Melvin were to miss, but I don't think he's going to miss. Um, obviously the Raiders is just completely up in the air. Um, Greg Olson's going to take over as the play caller, but he hasn't called plays since 2016 with the Jags and those teams were atrociously managed. Um, obviously Olsen will carry over all the same terminal, you know, terminology. He'll let Carr do a thing at the line of scrimmage, but at the end of the day, I mean, Greg Olson is a significant step down in play calling, um, from Gruden. Um, I mean, that 2016 Jacks team was so bad. They, you know, brought in Nathaniel Hackett, uh, the next year and almost went to the damn Super Bowl. um, to give you an idea of how bad Olsen is. Um, another thing too, is the Raiders have been very pass heavy this year. They're passing at like the sixth or seventh highest rate above expectation in neutral situations. I don't know if Olsen's going to have that same mentality, but at least for this, this week on a shorter week with everything circling around the Raiders, I think we're going to kind of see a similar plan, but just something to know over the long term. uh, Broncos. I think I mentioned this earlier, but the Broncos are the slowest team in the NFL. I mean, this game is just, this game's really bad. It's really, really bad. And, uh, Scott, I, I don't think I have really any plays from here. I mean, maybe Waller. But even then, I think I like other tight ends better. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. I, I wanted to love Josh Jacobs just because he's, like, actually seeing that bell cow workload we've long talked about. He had, like, nearly a career high in snaps last week, which was a, a game that got blown out. Uh, five targets in both games. 
Uh, but I mean, it's just like a brutal on paper matchup and there's a ton of running backs to like, otherwise uh, I have no interest in, in anyone. Cortland Sutton is seeing phenomenal volume, but uh, it's just a brutal matchup. Is Hayward's not going to shadow, right? So we were just debating this in Slack. Uh, okay. He shadowed the first three weeks on perimeter routes. He hasn't the last two weeks. Uh, I think regardless, it doesn't really matter just because like the overall matchup is going to be so difficult either way. Sure. And Sutton's, Sutton's seeing like high-end wide receiver two volume, but that's the bulk of that is coming on deep targets. He leads the league in deep targets per game since week two with three per game. And the Raiders are like one of the toughest uh, defenses, uh, when it comes to giving up deep production. Uh, so, you know, I wanted to like him. I, I just can't get beyond the matchup. Yeah. Just not a good game. No offense. Good, Fant. He's a yeah. good price on FanDuel. It's 5,800. He's a pretty, pretty good price there. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, 4,800 on DK. Like, uh, he's 800 more than Ricky Seals on FanDuel. He's 1800 more on DK. So I think I would just play him on FanDuel. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's better for the Raiders if Josh Jacobs doesn't play because I think he just stinks um, at this point. And, you know, they're going to run him into the line 15 times. They're going to throw him six targets he'll get his 13 receiving yards and then they'll lose the game that's just like what they do when he's back yeah yeah poor guy man he's just he's dealt with so many injuries first couple years of his career he does he does not have the same juice um all right uh let's finish this out here cowboys patriots cowboys are three and a half point favorites this over under is 50 and a half uh let me see here uh yeah still still 50 and a half i know it's and it went up it opened at 48 i know i was i had to do a double check on my other tab um still 50 and a half i'm spoiler alert i'm gonna try and get the under on this here um main reason i want to get the under man is dallas when they get ahead they're just running even if not when they're ahead they're just running the shit out of the ball i mean um, I put a thread together on Twitter if you guys want to go back and, and read that. But, I mean, you know, defense is significantly better. Um, they've also changed their philosophy, just running more in early downs and neutral situations. And um, Patriots have put up 16, 25, 13, 17, and 25 points this year. Um, I don't think they're going to have to get away. I don't think Dallas is going to have to get away at all from, uh, from what's working for them. Also, it's a shock to me that Cowboys are only three-point favorites here. Yeah, it's a bad line. It's it's a bad line, and it's a bad total. Um, I mean, the only way this game goes over the total is if the Cowboys put up 35, which I suppose they could. But, um, yeah, I, I'm struggling with this game too, man. I don't think there's a whole lot here. I think Jacoby Myers is a fine play, especially on DK. Yeah. Um, I think Zeke is a really good play too. Yeah um he's a he's a weird play in that like you have to pay up to get him so i don't think anyone's really going to play him uh i think dallas defense is is stackable with him too uh i don't think the patriots are good um no they're not they're sort of getting still getting the patriots respect it's like yeah they slowed down tom brady but it's like you know they know everything about him there's obviously you know there was bad weather and and whatnot i i just don't think 
I think the Cowboys are a really good team. I think the Patriots are not a good team. I think I think Dallas should be like a six six point favorite here. I mean, I get that they're on the road, but I just I think they're really good. Dude, when Davis Mills puts three twelve and three touchdowns down your throat, like your secondary yeah. sucks. And this I had Mills unders last week. Like I thought I thought Belichick would would slow them down, but yeah, man, I, I just don't think I think the Patriots are getting too much respect too. Um my thing on Jacoby is that this is actually like one of the top reverse slot funnel matchups. So Trevon Diggs is now out. And then even before that, they ranked worst in fantasy points per game allowed to isn't he? Probably. Probably. He's getting an MRI. He's a game time decision. I saw MRI today on the ankle tells me he's not playing. Okay. Yeah. He's so sorry. even before that, though, they were a top reverse slot funnel matchup. Uh, they gave up the most fantasy points per game to outside wide receivers, the 10th fewest to slot wide receivers. That's my only concern. So, like, people look at, oh, they're giving up the sixth most overall to wide receivers. That's just like important nuance and context. So, like, otherwise, he would have been like a smash play, despite the fact that, by the way, he averages like, 0.1 XTD per game. So, so he's actually not a touchdown regression candidate. He just like gets zero usage near the end zone. I'm, sh- I'm shocked his XTD yep. isn't negative one. Like, <laughs> and he, didn't he end up down at the one too? He did last yeah. week. Uh, Zeke, I actually want no, no part of. Like I, I get the arguments. Uh, Dallas's offensive line is awesome. He's PFF's highest rated runner since week two. Uh, he's getting production. He's getting volume. Just uh, he's banged up and like Tony Pollard is seeing legitimate usage and looks really good. Yeah. Um, I, I just can't get on board with a guy who's, you know, going to lose like 15 touches to the other running back. And he's I just, the I main, kinda, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead, please. No, I was just going to say, I think he's like, he's your favorite for the most rushing touchdowns every single week. That's yeah. the only reason I would consider him. I mean, they literally take Pollard off. Pollard can rip off a 15-yarder, get him down the two, and they'll put Zeke in. Um, my thing is, I think the Cowboys are just so much better, even without Diggs. I mean, if they just roll, they'll play Pollard in the second half. It's uh, a good be, point. They'll be completely fine playing that. I I would have thought that, except that they, like, Zeke still got 21 carries against the Giants, uh, even after getting, like, dinged. Like, he got hurt. And he came right back in and scored a touchdown. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think he like, this is a team where it's like, if Zeke wants to play, like they let him play. Cause it's probably like the last year he's there. Yeah. We'll see. Um, all right. Let's make a lineup here, guys. Um, ben, I'm going to share my screen. I mean, go ahead. No one's, no one's going to play. Lamb or Amari, and it's just uh, I don't know. Feels like they're gonna go lower owned, might be a decent tournament stack. Yeah, I think you want you need to have a Patriot who shows up, so I would want to pair them with a Patriot. Um, who I mean, who would you pair them with? Who would be your top Patriot, Scott? It was, it should, it should be Jacoby, but I mean, you could do like Aguilar. I was looking, I was just, when you talked about the slot stuff, I was looking back at like who they played. Chris Godwin like dunked on them. Um, it was mostly outside. Same, same with Keenan Allen too, for just for whatever reason. 
Okay. Yeah, it's they they just haven't really played any like and Kadarius Tony like only only two catches came from the slot last week. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know either. It might it's be just, it might be a little noisy. You don't really. It's it's hard to tell. Yeah. You want to make a lineup, Johnny? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do this thing. All right. What what, what are we going to enter this into? Let's say small field GPP. Sure. Like a thousand man or like a 200 man? Thousand man. Okay. Um, all right. So, by the way, if you're watching this, can you like clone this and put this into the daily dollar or something? Because I'm pretty sure we've been smashing with our, our final lineups. Yeah. I keep forgetting to do it too. Um, all right, so you let's start with running back because yeah, I think that's that's the puzzle piece this week. Uh, Proctor, you said no hunt, right? I think. Well, or, I think in a, a thousand, if we're playing a thousand man tournament, I think hunt's fine. Okay. Oh, and here's like, a good follow up to that. He all the four p.m. games suck as like we just breeze through all those games. Kareem Hunt's the best play from 4 yeah. p.m. So if you're trailing and you have Hunt, Hunt's massively owned. Who's your late swap? Is there um, even one? It's probably one of the uh, – it's C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Right? You can, is uh, Josh it, Jacobs, how much is 6,500 <laughs> if you have 300. What's Cortland Sutton? Amari Cooper is 6K. So it's Cooper or Lamb, whoever, yeah, you, have, okay. whoever you have the salary for. Got it. I think so. Right. I mean, there's really no other guys you can think of that have like, because you have to think of a guy who can, like, even if Hunt scores 18, who can score 25? And it's really nobody in the Denver game. It's, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's the Cowboys receivers. It's really it. Yeah. No, you know what I was just thinking about, Johnny. Do you remember that week, that one wide receiver who was projected at zero snaps was $300? And people played them just on because. Fandle. Yeah, that yep. was like three years ago, maybe four years ago. He got one target. He dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, John. Was it uh, the Raider Johnny Holton? Is it Holton? Johnny Holton. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it let you build like uh, like a super team. Right, and, where you uh, just sucked at that one spot. Did that work out? I don't remember. No, it would have if he caught that ball. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there was one baseball slate where Kike Hernandez was 100 bucks on FanDuel. He started that game too, and he ended up getting a hit. If you didn't have him, like that was it. Like he was yep. like 95% on. He got one single, yep. three points. But if you didn't have that three points from 100 bucks, yep. you didn't do anything. Yeah, it was uh, like, there's that Taysom Hill tight end week too. Oh, oh my that God. Was, that, was, that was. I so think the, the best part about that week was people debating like, well, you know, should you play a hundred, you know, a fifty percent owned tight end? And it's like, yeah, he's a quarterback. <laughs> he's a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like a de- like it was a debate, you know. Yeah. There was so a, there was a preseason slate where he was uh, he played the first quarter quarterback and was a tight end on Fanduel too, and he yeah. was only like thirty percent owned. He sucked. He did horrible. He threw two picks, but you still like you when you get those situations, you just have to play them. We haven't really had them yet this year. No. Yeah. All right. Um, let's do right, it. Let's, let's make a lineup. Uh, Are we playing Mixon or Chase? I I I'm with you, Proctor. I think Mixon's the nuts. So let's let's start with Mixon. 
Okay. Lockin Mixon, and then um, Scott, you were saying uh, you think Darrell is the – you said Darrell is the best running back value, right? No. I said Hunt is number one. Well, of the – Herbert's number two. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Darrell probably three. So okay. in a thousand-person tournament, we can't play Herbert and Hunt. So, Scott, pick one of them. Yeah, uh, I, I would play Hunt. Okay. All right, so we got Mixon and Hunt. Uh, let's hold off on Flex for a little bit. Um, do we want to play – let's see here. Let's just let's just fill in some of the, you know, the glaring values. So Andrews then, or do you want to leave the Andrews versus RSJ decision towards the end? Or let's do let's do a stack. Let's let's start with our quarterback and a stack. I was looking at defense, to see what we can do. Uh, I mean, uh, Lions and Texans is very for a small field GPP. I mean, yeah. I really like Cleveland with uh, Kyler dinged. Oh, and Hunt? Yeah. yeah I, Kyler takes sacks, too. He does. Yeah. Um, All right. Lock, yeah, lock that's what I was looking at. Kind of, I mean, that's what I was looking at to see if, what we can do at tight end. All right, I'll just go ahead and put Browns in for now. Let, let's, let's do a QB stack. Quarterback. Uh, <laughs> so let's see. Our... Our current ownership is like 50% probably. And we want to keep it under like a thousand person, like under like 150%, something like that. Like in the middle, you're trying to stay like under a hundred these days. But what about, what about, there, what about Herbert, Keenan, Andrews? Keenan's going to end up being very popular. If we're into <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he'll probably be the highest owned player on the slate uh, if, I mean, if he's, Williams misses. That said, he's a freaking phenomenal player. I mean, yeah, I was just reading, though, there was a quote on Williams. Ben <laughs> Staley said he has swelling in his knee. We're being careful. Um, hopeful he plays. He sounds like he's like 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. I think they would probably lean towards being very careful with him. Yeah. obviously a huge part of what they're doing right now i'm i'm good with herbert allen though all right let's do that and, herbert, and andrews too herbert allen and andrews yeah andrews is our top projected play that's good uh all right uh so there's this game stack so we need a flex and two more wide receivers. And I can't see how much we have left over in our Me. optimizer. 5,300 each. Okay. Yep. Yep. 5,300 per player. Um, so we need a cheap wide receiver. I'm on Ross St. Brown, baby. <laughs> oh, God. I. I hope he ends up high owned and I hope he scores like one fantasy point. Right now he's projecting for 8%. Yeah, I know. I think he's going to end up in like that 8 to 12% range, which like it just feels unplayable to me. Yeah. 
Um, let's see. Probably want, I mean, who, I'm trying to think of somebody we talked about that's lower owned. And I think mostly it was, we were discussing running backs. I mean, the wide receiver plays, I think, are a lot of them are going to hover in that like 12 to 20 range because I don't think there's a ton of, like, it's not one of those weeks where I feel like I have a lot of contrarian wide receivers that I'm interested in. We did talk about DJ Moore, though, and that's somebody who's definitely not going to carry ownership. So if we play more, that would give us what, like 4,200 left over? 43 per player. Yeah, it puts us – it means we have to pick a punt at wide receiver or running back. And I don't really know who the punt is at wide receiver. We could, we could, we could, we could put in a Bateman just for the correlation, but you know, he might be limited to start. Yeah. yeah I don't know I, how much he plays. I think he might be in 25%, 30% snaps. That's it. I mean, with Watkins out though. Yeah. I mean, they've been playing DuVernay quite a bit. They could play Porsche a little bit. We're having we're having some trouble with this lineup. Usually it's a lot quicker. No. Well, we're just kind of in no man's land here. We got a decision yeah. to make. I mean, we could just go balance with those three final spots. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't think we can play more on this team. Hamstrings us on salary. Right. You could you could swap from Ricky Seals Jones uh, to Ricky Seals Jones. Play Bateman. Then you could get more, and then you have like eight thousand. Oh, dude, you know what might be interesting? All right, so let's say we do that with RSJ, and then for the game stack with that Chargers game, you play Hollywood. Even in the bad matchup, he's only fifty nine, I believe. All right, all right, that works. Maybe and then and then maybe maybe Chase too, as just like the nuts, like deep threat guys who could just you know drop thirty on four targets let's do that let's do that johnny is uh chase and mixon playable together somewhat i think they probably have a little bit of correlation i'm just trying to figure out actually i think we can play daryl barrel and more with yeah we can Scott, are you cool with the mini stack of Darrell Williams and Ricky Seals? And then we can play more instead of Jamar Chase. So you said Darrell, more. So Darrell's in the flex. Nice. All right, cool. That puts our ownership around like, I think right around like 115, which is probably about right for yeah, where we'd want to be. These wide receivers are hot too, dude. DJ Moore balances it out too with Keenan being chalk. Yeah, and even if Keenan ends up, even if Keenan ends up being like a 30% play with the rest of this lineup, you're still in a good enough ownership spot to play this in a you know, like a, a mid-sized field. Yeah. It's a damn good team. we got to remember to play this somewhere, guys. Yep. <laughs> uh, here, I'm going to screenshot this now, actually, so I don't forget. 
Uh, all right, let me, let's, so we got 137.1 in the optimizer. Keenan's going to go up, obviously, by four to five points. It balances out, so we'll reset this and optimize, see what we get. Oh, my goodness, 160. Woo. Damn. Holy shit. It's because that Mahomes it's above Lamar. That Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes. yeah, that projection is going to come way down if Tyreek is hurt or limited. It's because we have Mahomes super high. And this one, Johnny went double tight end with Mo Alley Cox and Ricky Sills Jones. Somebody's got to fix that Mo Alley Cox projection. What's going on there? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Though, I mean, I get, I mean, he's been fine. I just, I think uh yeah he hasn't yeah, cracked hasn't cracked five targets yet he should he should be getting way more usage but frank reich <clears throat> yeah hates, hates good players gotta play jack doyle man oh my god and freaking granson rookie it's just so annoying uh all right guys that's gonna do it week six um Tom and Joe are going to be on in 11 minutes precisely to talk through the slate from a betting perspective. So stay right here, listen to them, uh, chop it up. It's always great. Um, for Scott, for Johnny, for Ben behind the glass, I'm Graham. Good luck this week, guys.